Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. promise of an all-seeing eye of the Lord that keeps his hand on us. He watches us. Nothing is lost to us. What may seem like some of the most insignificant or one of the most insignificant things and the Lord said, but I'm watching them. And so if he is watching them, then I know that his hand and his eye is governing, watching and guiding me in this house today. It's a privilege to be in church, always a privilege to be in the presence of the Lord. And I just give honor today to all of our guests who are here. And uh, we just welcome you today into the presence of the Lord and into the presence of a great church family. Amen. I can say that from my heart with purity because it has been proven to be true. And uh, so thank you for being here this morning. And I have asked our church a couple of services ago to please make a concerted effort to be here in this service. I knew that we had several families that were going to be out of town. You just, you know, every pastor's dream come true would be that everybody would be together at church at one time. And in a little over 26 years, to my knowledge, that has never happened. There's always something going on, and that's understandable. And then we have had another surge of this just nasty, nasty sickness to come by and take out another segment of our church once again. But uh, if we wait till we're all here, we'll be waiting a long, long time. But I feel like the Lord has prompted uh, me and I want to just say how we appreciate our guests being here. Thank you for your, your attendance here this morning. I am going to be preaching primarily to, to the church. I'm not trying to exclude anyone in any of that. I think what I share you will enjoy as well. But uh, I pray that the Spirit of God will just touch us together today. I've asked you to be in prayer about this day and this service. I think that it is one and will prove to be one of the most important days in the history of our existence in some nearly 75 years now. Amen. I'm going to ask us to pray this morning and ask the Lord's Word to just find a resting place in our heart. I... um, I'm trying to think of many ways to sort of preface some things that are going to be said today. I am not going to be possibly preaching as I normally would. Um, And and I guess that's to be seen, (laughs) yet to be seen. But uh, I am going to be sharing some things that are very personal, very personal to me. And I'm going to be talking about some very personal experiences that I have gone through in the last few years. And uh, I realize that, I'll mention this again later, and I realize that when we do that, when any of us do that, certainly when a pastor of a church does that before their congregation, we make ourselves a little bit vulnerable. We open ourselves for criticism. 
and uh, open ourselves for uh, a little bit of inspection. And so I'm just going to ask you as a church family to lean on all of the history that we have together. And so when I start talking about the Lord told me to do this and the Lord told me to do that, you understand right out of the gate that that is not language that I use every day. Amen. This is not this is not what you hear every Sunday, every Wednesday. And the Lord told me Friday afternoon at 12.01 to do this and to do that. And so I am referring to, this is going to be kind of like the book of Acts. It don't take long to read through the book of Acts. And we forget that that's about 70 years. And so what I am referring to today and the Lord speaking to me and various events and various occasions has been over the span of the last few years. Is that fair enough? I'm saying all this for my benefit, I suppose. But I just don't want to be misunderstood. And uh, I'm not really worried about being had for dinner. That's happened many, many times. <laughs> and uh, that's not what I'm trying to avoid. But I just want you to get where I'm coming from here today. And so I, with that, I'm just going to ask us to pray and ask the Spirit of the Lord to touch our hearts. Amen. I'm just going to ask you to join us together now. And let's sincerely ask God to help us make this journey together in Jesus' name. Lord, I love you today, and I thank you for your goodness and mercy. I know, God, without you, we can do nothing. But by you and through you, all things are possible. And so I'm asking you today as a church to help us realize that March the 1st, 2015, is a very important and special day for us. And so I'm asking you today, Lord, to let the authority of your word and let the power and the principles, God, that you have shared throughout uh, a great span of time, even, uh, even as a matter of fact, our entire history, I pray, God, that you will just allow us today uh, to walk comfortably before you, walk softly, but help us to walk comfortably before you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Why don't you just turn to a couple of people next to you, and if you haven't already welcomed them here to the house of the Lord, you do that this morning before you're seated. Praise the Lord. Today, I am not reading a text formally, uh, as we maybe customarily do, but uh, I am going to use 2 Chronicles chapter 24 and verses 4 through 14 as simply a reference point for the journey that we're going to make. And there are just a few things that I want uh, to share with you today. There are many things that these verses reveal to us. But I believe at the very root of them, we find something central to the work of God. Basically, these, these verses, if we were kind of to put them all in a bouquet, if we were to make an arrangement of all of these verses, I believe that it, what we would have before us is the solution or the method through which God uses to get his work done. You see, it's one thing to have a job to do, but it's quite another thing to get the job done. And so we can talk about and stare at projects, and I don't know how many of you would be sitting here, and please don't make a mad rush to the altar when I mention this, but I don't know how many of you are sitting here with unfinished projects around your home that are done and again please be seated and uh, how many dreams and ideas and visions that you have you know we could take out this wall and we could do this and we could do that but you see you can talk about that till the end of time but at some point you got to have a plan and 
you got to kind of, you got to put that together. And so I believe that when we look at this passage of scripture here uh, given to us in the book of Second Chronicles, Chronicles is a historical, uh, of course, uh, book. And so we look at the history here. God has given us a, a, a bouquet, if you please, a finished work of what God uses to accomplish things in the kingdom. Number one, God uses leaders. He has to have leaders in the ministry. And then we have to have givers in the ministry. And, uh, and then we have to have workers in the ministry. And I realize that maybe some of you would like to add a few bullet points to those three things. But I think at the end of the day, these three things are what we ultimately must have. We must have leaders, givers, and workers. And I'm not suggesting that those are three separate groups and one can't overlap or participate in the other. In order for there to be any measure of success in any given ministry, I believe there has to be at the helm good leadership. And so uh, for any department of this church to be successful, we need a good leader. Uh, we need someone at the helm that believes in that particular ministry and that department. I've often said we try very, very hard not to find uh, people that really just have a disdain for children and then put them over our children's ministry. We try to work around that and we, we, we kind of try to do that the opposite way because if you're going to have success, you need someone that has a passion and a burden for that. And so I believe a good leader is someone that can lead from the heart, hear me now, that's just half of my statement, and yet stay focused to complete the task at hand. We must lead from our heart. I realize that we, we need a plan and we need, uh, we need to stick to that plan. But I think a good leader is someone that leads from the heart but yet maintains the tenacity to stick to it uh, until the task at hand is complete. And so when we, uh, I've mentioned this many times through the last many years that when we accepted the pastor of this church, there was no how-to manual on the pulpit. I looked several times. And... Uh, <laughs> As a matter of fact, through the years, I've even looked again and again and again, and there was no how-to manual on the pulpit. So I just started out early watching men that were pastoring successfully. And so I began to emulate their lives, not to just parrot what they were doing or just to mirror what they were doing, but I wanted to observe what they were doing and then start focusing my energy into what seemed to be working. Through this process, I began to see some very distinct patterns come to the surface. I began to understand uh, the value of having many hands on a project. If, uh, if a church is going to grow, uh, then you can't just put a couple of people uh, in charge of that or one person in charge of that because a church can only grow as much as what one person can handle. And so we had to begin to put many hands at the helm of the ministries of this church. And so I wanted to expose myself to ministries that saw the value of emphasizing the church functioning as a body and not to just be personality-led or not to just be talent-driven or, or not to just, uh, or any of those things, not to just boil ourselves down to just those few areas. We want the body of Christ to function as a body. And so that's why so many times we dismiss, especially our Sunday services, by saying this, we have now had church so let's dismiss this formal service 
today and let's go be the church because the body must function together as one. I think we can see uh, examples of this in both the Old and New Testament. We see how God uses strong and godly leadership to accomplish his purpose. There are many, many great examples that we could look at, but for the sake of time, and I'm not going to read all of these verses, I'm just going to refer to them, but if you want to read something very interesting, then you read 2 Chronicles 24, 4 through 14. It's here you'll read about two main characters, uh, one of them being Joash and the other one Jehoiada. And uh, Jehoiada was a godly priest, to give you just a little bit of background, the uncle of Joash who had rescued him as an infant from the sword of Athaliah. He was raised in the, in the, he raised him in the temple surroundings and he courageously overthrew Athaliah and then installed Joash as the king. But the Bible says he was only seven years of age. And so I have little doubt, and I'm not here to debate this really, but I have little doubt that Jehoiada served as an advisor perhaps over Joash until he grew old enough to reign himself. But by virtue of his age and position, I believe that he needed some counsel in his life and I believe that, that he was there to do that. Jo Joash followed the Lord, the Bible says, all the days of Jehoiada. Now, I realize that if you continue to read, you're going to discover uh, that he was later seduced and turned to idolatry. And uh, today, for the sake of what I'm trying to do, I'm not wanting to go there. I just want to stay in the meat years of his life. The verses that we are considering today is the verses of Joash following the Lord. His actions, I believe, reveal three marks of the kind of leadership that God uses to get his work done. I believe that, first of all, we must have godly leaders that have that have a spiritual vision. I believe we need people before us whose uh, moral code of conduct is, is as high as it can possibly be. And then we need to have people among us that are people of vision. Someone that can just not get caught up in today and see where we are and say, well, this is great. Why don't we just camp out here till Jesus comes? But we need somebody that can look down the road. Spiritual leaders, I believe, have a clear picture of what God wants to accomplish with his people and the church and then communicate that to the congregation. Joash, Joash realized that the temple needed to be restored and basically that's what this passage is all about. And so he gathered together the priests and the Levites and he directed them to go through the cities of Judah and collect money that was necessary to take care of the repairs. Joash found out what many leaders have discovered along the way to be very, very specific, I will say this, that sometimes sharing your vision is just one thing. The other half of that equation is someone embrace that vision and then act on that. That's, that's quite a different animal. And so I want to say this morning before I go any further, I am very, very thankful and humbled by the fact that through the years as I begin to share with you what I feel that God has laid on our heart for our present and for our future, I'm thankful that it didn't just fall into the lap of a bunch of naysayers who just analyzed it and tossed it out the window and said, no, we've tried that before, that doesn't work, or that's not for us. But I'm very grateful to be a part of a progressive congregation that says, you know what, I think we can. I think we can press forward. Amen. I have said this, and 
And I don't want to be misunderstood today because this is not at all meant to be a disparaging remark. But I said this. I made this comment, this statement to this church over 26 years ago. I said we cannot help being a church in the country. That is where this church is located. And uh, that's and I, I'm not ashamed to be from the country. I'm glad of our community and I'm glad of our culture and all of those things. It's not a disparaging remark. So I said we cannot help being a church in the country, but we can help being a country church. And what I meant by that is we do not have to be ignorant and backwards, and and uh, we don't have to just kind of be so cavalier and so passive that just you know we we'll start at 7:30 if if we feel like starting at 7:30 on Wednesday night, or we'll pray if we feel like praying or we'll worship, you know. Uh, I haven't been everywhere and I haven't done everything and so I don't want to leave the wrong impression but I, I have preached in far more pulpits than just the one you're looking at today and I have been there when, when nobody ever thought anything about prayer or worship or let's be serious about this. Church just seemed to be a social thing. It seemed to be a social club and I'm going to tell you today that we can give our very best to God. Our very best to God. You know, um, my wife and I, when we first got married I'm meandering a little bit here which is going to take a little bit more of your time and so I hope this story you find at the end of the day about three or four o'clock today is worth it <laughs> when we when we first when we first got engaged uh, my wife's father owned a restaurant a barbecue restaurant behind that restaurant there were several rental uh, rental homes and I'm using the word home extremely loose <laughs> Uh, in the you get you get the word home and shake it as loose as you possibly can. That's what I'm talking about. And so that seemed to be our only option for uh, a place to get in out of the weather. And so my wife, those of you who know her, know that she is very diligent and she's she's a uh, she's very clean. And so uh, what just looked like a little rat shack in just a little while, she had just absolutely beat that thing into into good shape. And and inside it was just livable. I just couldn't believe that. I just couldn't believe what the Lord had 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 wrought in with her hands to be able to be diligent about that. And so what I'm saying is that no matter what the surroundings are, you can make it a better place. I mean, you can make it a better place. And uh, just before we said I do, the Lord saw our diligence and, and honored our diligence and gave us another place to rent. <laughs> that, was, that was far better than that, and we're thankful for that. But you see, you, you don't have to settle you don't have to settle. And so we want to give our very best. We want to give our very best. Every time we come to church, I've always said, don't just say it's just Wednesday, it's just us. Amen. Nothing could be further from the truth. We don't know what need will walk in that door, nor do we know what need may be in our own in our own church family. And so we've got to be diligent. Don't come dragging in here with a toothpick in your mouth. Amen. Let's come in. Let's have church. If we're going to do it, let's hit the ground running. Amen. I say to our leadership all the time, we must give our best. Sing like it's your last time to sing. Play like it's your last opportunity to play. Preach if you're preaching like it's the last time you'll ever be in the pulpit. Why? Because we want to give our best to God. For several years now, we have been on a diligent journey of reaching beyond the walls of this church to minister the word of God to others. While we do not have 100% participation of our congregation in these various venues, 
I am going to continue as well as our leaders in this church continue to keep pressing and to keep pushing and to keep raising the banner higher and higher and higher because that is the goal ultimately of our church that we would all be involved in outreach of some form or fashion. I believe that we're all called to minister the word of God. You may not be called to go to prison. Amen. You may not be called to do this or do that but I believe that God called us to reach the lost wherever they are, and no one is outside of the umbrella of that call. The central core of our calling as a church is to win souls, and there is nothing that will ever take the place of that. While we have actually been talking about building a new sanctuary, a new sanctuary for quite a while, I, I will say this, that just simply constructing new buildings is not our ultimate goal. Simply put, our goal is to reach the lost. With that being said, as you begin to reach, you grow. And when you grow, you outgrow your facilities. And so we certainly understand that principle, or at least I hope we do. I think the second thing we find in spiritual leaders is that they are men and women of scriptural authority. Strong and godly leaders will always get their vision from the word of God. Amen. Joash knew the importance of the temple. He knew the importance of worship from the law of Moses. And so he made an appeal uh, to that law on the basis of collecting their, uh, their money to repair this wall in, in chapter 24. In other words, the people needed to know that what they were doing was in obedience to the word of God and not just trying to appease the will of the king. And so he said, I want you to do that. And this is not just something to make the king happy. A third thing I think that we find in, in spiritual leaders is that they are diligent. If at first you don't succeed, you try and try and try again. The third factor I believe that we find in these leaders is that we just we will not take a strikeout uh, as the final answer. We're going to go back up to that plate again, and we're going to hit it again and again. And so Joash, when he made his first attempt, and you can read this in these scriptures that I gave you, in his first attempt at getting the priests and the Levites to collect the money to repair the wall that had been torn down, completely failed. It just crumbled right before him. As a matter of fact, he made an appeal, and for whatever reason, nobody but nobody responded. But he didn't quit. Joash just backed up and he, and he tried another approach and this was the collection chest that we read about in chapter 24 and verse 8. Or in other words, here's my point, is that he stayed with this until he got the project done. And so that's what we've got to do is stay focused until we see the, until we see God bring to fruition what we have been pushing for for so long. For several, year, for several years now, we've been working diligently on our building fund, and God has blessed those efforts. I have been so humbled year after year as we have watched the Lord continue to bless through this congregation, our building fund efforts, even despite an economic downturn uh, that has been very, very serious, but God has continued to, to prompt us and you have responded to that prompting and I thank you for that. And I'm, I wanna just pause here and say this. I'm thankful not only for our adults, our married couples and, and, our, and our seniors that are responding to our missions, our global missions effort and to our building fund, but I wanna say thank you to the young people. I wanna say, say thank you to the young people that have a burden as well to give what they can to these various things. Several years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart and I have shared this many times with our congregation and he told me that if we would get more involved in missions, 
that he would bless us. Now, I had no idea what was going to take place when the Lord laid that on my heart. You're going to have to get more involved in missions. I don't want to meander and just tell the same old stories too many times, but I do want, for the sake of those who have never heard this, to just insert this. The Lord laid that on my heart at a men's conference. We were gathered at a men's conference, and, and I began to feel that nudging and that prodding that we must get more involved in missions. Now, listen, we have always given to missions. And so I'm not saying that the Lord was saying, hey, you need to get on this train. We were on this train already, but the Lord was saying, you need to amp it up, buddy. And so in between two services and two speakers that day, I had slipped out of the sanctuary. And when I came back into the sanctuary in the foyer, was a man, there was a man standing that, had, that I have grown up with. And so uh, when I walked past him, we shook hands and kind of uh, said hi. And, and, uh, and, and, and out of the clear blue, he said, do you have any men in the church there that are carpenters? And I said, sure, we've just got a lot of carpenters. He said, would they go to Guatemala? I said, ooh, <laughs> I don't know about that now. I don't, I don't know about that, but, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't prepared for the second question. And so, uh, and, and so thus began, and you, many of you know the story, but I came home and I presented that need to our men, and I'm telling you that our men rose to the challenge. I'm talking about men, some of them, uh, that would never declare themselves to have ever even desired to be world travelers, got on board, and they said, you know what, we will do this. And so we began, to, we began to, our, our involvement in, in foreign missions on a completely different level. Not only did we increase our giving, but we started sending men to the mission field, and uh, we began to build, and I think we're at somewhere around five uh, different churches that we built, not counting the orphanage that we have been intricately involved in, and uh, we're just a few days away now from even that being a part and open and up and running, at least to a degree. And so I, I'm so thankful for that. I want to say thank you to our men, and I wonder if just one more time we could clap our hands in appreciation for their efforts. As a matter of fact, just a few weeks ago, one of our men, Brother Darrell Townsend, just came home from Guatemala, and uh, I want to add to to this again today as we've said many times I'm not just thankful for the men who go down there but I'm thankful for the wives who, who, who are on board with all this as well and so they take care of things for seven, eight, ten days at a time and so thank you it was during this time when we began to build churches for other, uh, for other places in missions in foreign fields that, that I was in prayer one day and I was praying about our future and, and uh, what we needed to do and the Lord began to speak to my heart and the Lord told me, he said, if you will help others build the church they need, that he would help us when the time comes to build the church that we would need. And so I got up and I shared that with this congregation. And you know what? I didn't see anybody sitting back there, you know, just kind of being real nonchalant. Well, here, here the preacher goes again. But I saw, I saw people that caught that. Amen. Your eyes opened up and your spirit opened up. Amen. I've been holding on to that promise today. Amen. I'm going to tell you this morning what I'm preaching about is that very statement. And this is the title to my sermon. Amen. This is the promise of our future. The promise of our future was made that day.
that if you will help others build the church they need, amen, when the time comes, I will help you build the church you need. And so today we're just kind of putting our arms around the promise of our future. Amen, I didn't make this up. I didn't, I didn't twist God's arm into saying this even if I could do that. Amen, I wasn't trying to challenge God to get on board with me, but the Lord out of the blue just spoke to me and said, if you'll do for others in their time of need, in your time of need, then I will do the same for you. And so with that commission in hand, I stepped to this pulpit and presented to the church and you stepped up to the plate. And those of you who could not go, you begin to give and give to missions more than you had ever given. And I thank you for that. Amen. That brings me today to another point. God's work, if, is, if the work of God is going to be done, then it has, it has to be followed. There has to be joined hand in hands, faithful givers. Faith, not every now and then givers, not, not just splurge here and splurge there, but we need faithful givers. And, uh, you know, many times, and sadly so, when money is mentioned in church, kind of, everybody kind of gets this cavalier attitude. I'm glad that's not in this house. Amen, I'm glad that's not in this house because... If we're going to do anything for the work of God, you got to pay for it. I mean, you've got to pay for it. I don't know uh, for sure why people didn't give uh, the first time, the priests and the Levites, when they went into the various cities. I, I don't know why they didn't respond to that. But when Joash came up with the method of the chest at the temple door, I mean, everybody rejoiced. And the Bible says, this is an incredible story, but the Bible says that they gave generously until the project was finished. As a matter of fact, there was even enough left over after they finished the project that they could they had money to buy and build or, or construct utensils uh, for the burnt offerings. And so, and so sometimes people complain and say, well, the church is just always after my money. But let me tell you something. Nothing could be further from the truth. Here's what I've learned about people through the years. I haven't learned at all, but here's what I've learned about people through the years. Your money and your heart are extricably bound together. Amen. In other words, if your heart isn't fully into the work of the kingdom, then you're gonna hold on, amen, with a tight grip. However, when you realize, amen, and you give your heart fully to God, you realize that your money is not yours to begin with. Amen, that's a divine revelation that needs to come home to everybody in this house and beyond, everybody that'll ever hear this message, that it's not ours to begin with. And if you don't think that's true, he can take it all away before the before the, the, the noon, or not before noon, it may be close to noon, or afternoon right now. He can take it away before noon. We still got seven minutes. He can take it all away. God can take it all away. And so I have to realize that it is not mine, it is his. And I have been entrusted as a steward with that. Amen, we're just a steward of what he has entrusted us to invest in the kingdom. And so if we just squander what God has given to us on selfish pleasure, selfish pleasure, then we're not going to be deemed a faithful steward. That's why motive has to be uh, linked to our giving. It's critical as to why we do what we do. God wants to do it with a joyful heart. Amen. As the scripture says, as you have purposed in your heart. Amen. I want to give to the Lord as I have purposed in my heart because it's that heart motive that really, really counts. I don't want to be shamed into giving. I don't want to be intimidated into giving. I don't want to be badgered into giving. You can be seated. 
I want, I want the, the mode of my heart, of my heart to be that catalyst that drives me to those things because it is the heart motive that counts. But not only does God, uh, God's work get done by strong leaders, not only does God's work get done by people that cheerfully give to the kingdom's cause, but God's work gets done because there are people that will faithfully work at the task at hand. When Joash's chest at the temple got full, the Bible says there were at least two men who were charged to go empty that. Now they didn't just pour that money out into vats, into bigger vats, and bigger vats, and bigger vats, no. The Bible says that they, that, work, that money that was received was given and put into the hands of workers, amen, into the goldsmiths and the men that would, uh, that would work with that. And so the, they, was, they were there to get the job done. And so they received an offering to that offering and they went and bought material or built material to finish the task at hand. And so if you're not serving the Lord in some capacity, either with your time or your talent, your giftedness, along with your giving, I'm gonna tell you today that it's safe to say that you're too self-focused. We need to get our eyes off of me, 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 me. Amen, mine, 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 mine. And say, Lord, what would you have me to do for the kingdom's sake? I believe that every child of God is in the ministry or in the service of the Lord and we're accountable to God for how we fulfill that ministry. And we're gonna be accountable to the Lord. If we could do more than we have done, then God's gonna challenge us. And I'm not just talking about giving. I'm talking about time and talent and ability. Amen, don't let the church stagger when we have the ability sitting among us to walk upright. Hallelujah. I've used this illustration many times, pardon me, but I want to make this really, really clear. Several, 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 several years ago, my wife and I hadn't been married very long, and, and um, for some of you know that my wife is a piano player, and I'll tell you where she got her lessons. Uh, her, her, her piano teacher was our pastor because the piano player that we had at our church left the church, and my pastor, our pastor looked at my wife and said, you are now the church piano player. And that was how long her lessons lasted. And so, <laughs> and so she, knew, she knew what she thought was three chords on the piano and come to find out one of those was wrong. So she only knew two chords on the piano. And our pastor would stand behind her and play a flat top guitar. He would lead the singing and uh, he would play behind her. And when it come time to change, instead of singing the words of the song, he just said, change. And he would play... <laughs> And, and change, play and change. And somehow or another, we had church over the top of all of that confusion and people were blessed and lives were changed and she was a nervous wreck. I mean, she just rarely looked forward to going to church and I don't mean that in a bad way. Her nerves were just so bad and, and here, she, here she was. And so one night we were all off at a, another church and they were having a special service and guess what? The piano player for that church didn't show up. And uh, so we had, we had the, one of those pastors that was just, you know, he just saw a gap, he fixed it and he filled it. So he just points out, he gets my wife to come to the piano and he's behind her with that guitar and here we are in a strange setting, a strange church. And if the earth would have just opened up like it did and swallowed corn, my wife would have been oh so happy. 
But the earth didn't open up and it didn't swallow her and she kept playing and we literally struggled through that service. I'm not embarrassing her. I'm not doing this to embarrass her. It's just how it was and she would tell you this herself. And so we were struggling through this service, struggling through this service. They had a guest speaker that night and so when we finally got through all the song service and uh, they turned the service over to the guest speaker, this man got up from his seat and walked over to the piano and he played like Liberace. I thought, how sad. How, how sad. Why would you let the church just kind of hobble along when you had the ability to make a contribution and not let that happen? Now, I'm not trying to speak disparagingly this morning. I'm finding myself saying that several times, so I might need to get uh, down a little inspection here. But what I'm saying is, why, why would you let the ministry of a church just stagger along when you have the ability to make a difference, amen. And so today, I'm saying, Lord, Lord don't, 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 let us, uh, don't let us do that because we're gonna be accountable to the Lord if we had the ability to be a difference maker and didn't make that difference. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The, the, the result of strong leadership and cheerful givers and faithful workers in the day, in the, in the day, of, jo in the day of Joash was found in the fact that people had more than enough to complete the project at hand. Now, that's what the Scripture says. They, they, they didn't just say, well, I don't know what we're going to do here. I don't know what we're going to do about that. But according to the Scripture, they had more than enough to complete the project, and it's because everybody stepped up to the plate and did what they were able to do. They were able to do this because people gave and they continued to give. They worked and they continued to work. They accomplished more than they ever dreamed. And so I'm asking you today to get on board, not just one time, not just one Yahoo service where we kind of all just ha have that whoopee moment, amen, but I'm saying, Lord, burn a burden and a passion in our heart like never before. Their offerings were an act of worship and it became a sweet smell and savor to the Lord. So by the same token, our lives are to be offered continually to the Lord as an act of worship. They restored the temple. They also provided a place for God's people to gather and worship the Lord. The Lord's house was where he dwells and it was where his presence was manifested. And so while I completely understand that we as individuals today, because of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I understand that we are now the temple of the Lord. I get that. Amen, I, I, I completely understand that. But for now, at least church buildings, literal buildings, do provide a place for us, a place for us to meet, for us to worship, for us to get instruction, for us to get encouragement, and it is to that end that I ultimately want to share with you this morning what I feel like God has laid on my heart and where I believe that we are as a church. I cannot even begin to tell you what the last several years have been for me. This is not uh, please do not misunderstand what I'm saying. I, I have taken my responsibility here as a pastor and a shepherd very, very seriously. It's not just something I think about Wednesday, not just something I think about on Sunday or, or, or Saturday night late. I've taken this responsibility to heart. And so I can't begin to tell you what uh, this personal journey, what a personal journey I have been on for the last several years, I can't tell you what it has been like. <clears throat> several years ago, it seemed to me, and I think to others, that we were positioned to begin a building program. And then on the very cusp of that, the bottom fell out. 
and the economy took a dive, uh, an historical dive. And uh, it was at that moment that I felt the Lord lead me and us to a place of waiting. We went into what I called a holding pattern. And uh, we were just waiting on the Lord. However, from that time until now, I have kept the idea of building a new sanctuary ever before us year after year after year and all throughout the year. I've said many, many times throughout the last several years, every dollar that we raise today will be a dollar that we will not have to raise tomorrow. And so with that, you have been so faithful to stay on board and to give and to give and to support, and I cannot tell you how humbling that is. We've been waiting for a long time on this promise, and I can tell you, and many would agree, that waiting on the Lord sometimes is a very, very difficult thing to do. Because you see, it's our nature sometimes to want to talk about things. It's our nature sometimes to want to bring subjects up again, <clears throat> even though we know there's a project that's in our future. And we may think that it's something that's a long way off. It's just our human nature to kind of want to revisit this again and again and again. But you know, the Lord, he's not made out of that. That's not quite the way he's bent because the Lord just said to Noah, build an ark. And he didn't even mention it again. And so the Lord just kind of gives instructions and he feels no proclivity whatsoever to meet me around the fire at the end of the day and say, well, I'm gonna just tell you what I got on my mind today. <laughs> and so I, I can tell you that waiting on the Lord can be a difficult thing. However, for me, for me, I don't know that I'm alone in this, but I'm just here to talk about my journey. For me, God was not going to allow me to just wait without hope. I want to share with you today a few things uh, that I had mentioned this a moment ago that when I do this, <clears throat> I have to step out of my comfort zone, I'm going to tell you, to do what I'm about to do and to talk about what I'm about to talk about. Because it does leave me feeling a little bit vulnerable. It leaves me open for some criticism and for some judgment. And so because of that, I ask you to handle what I'm about to say as gently as you would want someone to handle it with you. One thing that you don't hear me talk about a lot is this. God told me to do this and God spoke to me to do that. And uh, even though the Lord does talk to me and speak to me and prompt me in my heart, and I think we know what that is all about. I've met people that I have no doubt have heard an audible voice from God because they said so. And I, I judge their character. I know them as a person. I've never heard an audible voice. I think the Lord has prompted me so strongly in times past that it has almost seemed audible, that, that branding in my heart and my spirit, that unction of the Lord. And so when I talk about the Lord speaking to me, that is the context with which I say that. This morning I'm going to be speaking about very personal things and some intimate moments that I have had with the Lord along this journey. My wife, of course, is the most personal witness that I have concerning many of the things that I will share with you today because every time these occasions happen, if she wasn't there, I shared them with her. I have kept a very diligent uh, journal through the last many years to write down these things and I haven't brought my journal here today to read you every little intricate detail. I just wanted to bring a few things with you, with me today to share with you. And uh, I, I've been living through the last several years with my eyes, literally, as the pastor of the church. I have been living every day, every day, every week. I have been living with my eye on the sky and my ear to the ground, waiting on the Lord to say, today. 
I've been waiting on the Lord to say, now. I've not tried to frustrate myself through this process, but I can tell you I have inadvertently frustrated myself through this process. But I've been watching, and I've been waiting, and I have been listening. Amen. I have been waiting for the Lord to just give me that thumbs up. Waiting on the Lord to give me the confirmation that I needed to know that it was time for us to step into our promise. Like the servant of Elijah, I kind of felt like many, many times I was, I was running out every morning kind of looking for that cloud to see if today was the day. Amen. Many, many days. I would have settled for the cloud the size of a man's hand, but it just wasn't there. And so I didn't get discouraged in that. But I just said, Lord, I know that when the time will come, it's come that you will lay that upon my heart. I had an affirmation of that. And again, I, I, I hope this is going to be the last reference that even sounds like apologizing for taking a long time today. I've got a lot to say. One of those, one of those events, one of those occasions we had several years ago, many of you will remember, will remember the very first time our retired missionary from Ireland uh, uh, Brother Mervyn Miller and his wife were with us. And they came for the very first time they were with us. And they've been, of course, several times since then. And so they came on that Saturday afternoon. They stayed in our guest quarters. And their intentions were to be with us on Sunday morning and then leave Sunday afternoon to get back home. And, uh, and so when we said our goodbyes, of course, I told them, I said, you guys stay as long as you want to. And uh, so when we said our goodbyes, uh, they said, you know what, we may just, we may just rest uh, today, and uh, if that would be all right, and then we're going to leave early in the morning. We're going to get up at daylight, and we're going to be out of here. Thank you for the accommodations, and, and we'll be gone. And so the next morning when I got uh, over to my office and I, I came over to the church, I noticed their car was still in the parking lot. Didn't think anything about that uh, at all. I thought, well, you know, everybody tells us the room is so comfortable. We just, we just decided to hang out, and I thought that's what was going on. And so I was down in my office, and in a little while, uh, Brother, Brother Miller walked down to my office, and, and he said, Brother Boyd, I don't really know what's going on, but he said, we just didn't feel like we could leave until we talked to you. And he said, I, uh, I just, I just want to talk to you a little bit. And so we just, we just stood in my office and began to talk. And he was talking about how the Spirit of the Lord was, had moved the day before on Sunday and what he felt that God was doing in this church. And, and uh, he just began, I, I believe, prophetically speaking to me about what he felt like God was going to do in the church. And so, uh, you know, I, I told him, he said, what are, what are your plans for the future? And so I told him, I said, well, you know, we... We have a conceptual drawing of a new building that we would like to build. And, and so with that, I reached down the file and I pulled it out and I set it on my desk. We were standing in front of my desk and I pulled this out. And as I began to pull it out, Brother Miller began to share with me, this is why I stayed. This is, what, this is why I'm here. And so he laid hands on me and began to pray for me. Amen. He just began to pray that God would help me to know the right time. And he said, you know, he said, I'm going to tell you when he finished praying, he took me by the shoulders. <laughs> when he finished praying, he took me by the shoulders and he said, brother boy, when the time is right, you will know. And when the time is right, I tell you, and he took me by the shoulders and he said, go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. I held on to that. I held on to that promise. Amen, I held on to that with everything that I had. 
I went home. I wrote that event down. And I said, Lord, I want to thank you for that. Now, that's been a few years ago. Many of you knew that. And so it was kind of like that when I was a teenager. And, and I would see people that were in love. And I would ask them, how do you know? And I always got the same frustrating answer. Because those skilled and educated and balanced people would all say, you'll just know. And so I felt that moment. I felt that moment that that was what I was walking into. I felt that I was walking into that abyss called, you'll just know. You'll just know. Amen. And so throughout this season, God has allowed several things to happen. Again, I cannot, I, I would not even bore you with all of this because I know that many, much of this is personal, although it relates to you. But there are just some that I just had to pull out of my, of my journal because I just want you to know that every now and then, even though God didn't know it to me, every now and then God would just put me somewhere. He would plant me somewhere. He said, I want you to be here because I've got something that I want you to hear. And so in 2012, my wife and I went to our general conference in St. Louis. And, and so we had decided during the week while we were there or maybe a few days even before we left that if it all worked out, we may stay in town and we may go to church. And many of you know Brother Scott Graham and Brother Tim Dugas, pastor of a tremendous church there on the outskirts of St. Louis. And, and so we thought, well, we may just go to church there with them. We weren't really sure. We had some friends that attend the church, but we weren't really sure what their plans were. And so when we we found out they were indeed going to be in town. We decided that we would go to the services, and uh, and so we we got up, went to the went to the service that morning, and and so I, you know, it's a brand new church. I'd never been there. I, I didn't know what the protocol for the day was. I didn't realize that they had services much like we have here at at our church. We have kind of what we call two services, and so in that first morning service, we kind of got there, and you know what it feels like to be that person that you're kind of sitting there. <laughs> You don't really know what's fixing to happen next, but you're just kind of along for the ride. And uh, it felt good just to kind of be out from under the burden of ministry ourselves. And we were just sitting there, so it didn't really matter to us what happened. We were just there to take it all in. And so, Brother Simeon Young, many of you recognize that name and perhaps would recognize him as being the editor-in-chief he is now retired, just retired a couple of months ago, but the editor-in-chief for the Pentecostal Herald for many, many years, and years before that, he pastored in Terre Haute, Indiana. But because a lot of the headquarters people go to church there, he was there, and, and, and uh, he attends church there, and so Brother Simeon Young got up that morning, and, and uh, there was a little lectern down front. The lights were kind of dim around the stage, and he began to teach that morning, and so I was took me just a few minutes to kind of catch on where we were going with all this because... He kept saying, you know, I just don't really know why I feel like sharing this, but I just want to share this. And so he would start talking about his days of pastoring in Terre Haute, and they went into a building program, and I just can't bore you with all the details, but the details are plenty. And how that the Lord began to deal with his heart and move on them uh, about what they ought to do. And uh, I had never met Brother Young personally, but of course I had heard of him many, many years. I felt like I was in, I felt like for me I was in the presence of uh, almost a king after all of the writing and all the contributions that Simeon Young has made to the kingdom of God. And so he began to teach that lesson and all of a sudden it dawned on me that I'm not here on a day off. God has designed these steps and I am sitting in this house for a purpose. 
And he began to say over and over and over. He said, you know, I hadn't even thought of these things in years. I don't even know why I'm telling this. And so he would say more and more and more. And it turned into a personal testimony of what God had done for Brother and Sister Young through a building program and how God had blessed them and God had seen them through. And I was just sitting there. I could not contain myself. And I was just thinking, Lord, you are so kind. You didn't owe this to me. You said, I mentioned a moment ago, one time to know what a build an ark and you never spoke to him again but you planted me here today just to remind me that all is not lost I just got you waiting on me I've just got you in a holding pattern right now amen and so he began to share all of that I've got to hurry and cut some of this out uh, but I, 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 I didn't find out until later I, I, I was so moved by the message I went to him after church and I didn't really know what to say I, I'm, I don't mean this to, to be a, a to kind of demoralize myself, but I almost just kind of felt like a peanut in his presence to, to go to him after church and try to convey, uh, you don't know, sir, but you, you, you have spoken directly into my heart. And, uh, and so, you know, he was very kind and cordial about that. Thank you and thank you. And, and so we left there and started heading home. I couldn't get it out of my heart. I just couldn't get it out of my spirit. The more I began to think about how kind God had been to me, we finally made it to Atlanta. And believe it or not, for some strange, strange reason out of the clear blue I think it was just maybe some kind of sickness or something my wife wanted to stop at the, the outlet little things as the side of the interstate never does that cross her mind to do that but for whatever reason this particular day for whatever reason this particular day she just she thought you know I think if we could just pull in there for a little while and so there I sit instead of going inside on the mourner's bench I thought I'd just mourn in the car while I was sitting in the car, I just couldn't. I just, everything Brother Young had taught about on that Sunday morning was just rolling over and over and over and over and over in my mind. I thought, I wonder how difficult it would be to get a hold of Brother Young. I wonder how difficult it would be to get him on the phone. And so I, I called headquarters. I said, I don't know, I don't know what his day is, days off may be or whatever. And finally, finally, I tracked him down. He wasn't in the office. And after a few missed phone calls, he called me back. I was sitting in the car uh, there, you know, some of you know where I'm talking about there in Atlanta, and I was sitting beside the interstate in the car in the parking lot, and my phone rang, and I knew it had to be him on the other end. And so I, I was, you know, Brother Young, this is Brother Boyd. I know we met Sunday. I was trying to convey to you uh, how much I appreciate that. I, I, and, and, and he said, well, there's something that you need to know. He said, there's, there's something that you need to know. He said, Sunday morning, when you were there, Another minister in our church was scheduled to preach. And that morning before service, he got sick and had to go home. And he said, Brother Dugas came to me and said, Brother Young, you're the man. And so he said, I need you to teach this Bible lesson this morning. He said, I didn't even know I was going to be teaching until church time. And he said, so Brother Boyd, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to tell you this, that God had laid all that on my heart. I don't even know why I was sharing all that. I was bawling in my car. I was, I was bawling. I said, I know why you were sharing that. I know why you were sharing that. I later, just as a side note, I later wanted to buy a DVD. Now, you got to think about this church. You, you don't really know this, but this church, they are on the cutting edge of, of technology, on the cutting edge. And so I said, I want a DVD of that service and would you believe that service was the only service that they did not record or video I believe that was on purpose God said I got something to say to you and I'm going to say it one time and you're not going to sit here and rehearse this again and again and again I'm just going to say it to you one time 
Are you bored to tears yet? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so thankful for God. I'm so thankful for God. I'm so thankful for God. Many other times when I stood in the valley of decision, God, God would send a word of confirmation and hope my way. I'm not suggesting this happened every other day, every other week, every other month. I'm just telling you that when I would reach the end of my own self and say, oh, Lord, what in the world is going on? God would just drop something else out. I was, I was in a service and Brother Mooney was preaching. Brother Paul Mooney from Indianapolis, Indiana was preaching. And out of the clear blue in his message, I'm saying out of the clear blue in his message. Let me change that. While he was preaching, God said, wait a minute, Brother Mooney. I got somebody here I need to tell something and then you can keep talking about what you're talking about. And just out of the clear blue, nothing to do with this message whatsoever. He said, you know... He said, when we were in a building program back many years ago, he said, I was, I was walking in New York. He said, I was, we were in New York for some reason. And he said, I was walking downtown by myself and I was walking down the sidewalk praying, Lord, I don't even know how we're gonna pay for all this. I don't even know how we're gonna do this. And he said, I just felt that, that I, I just felt almost a spirit of fear just rising up in me. And he said, a stranger walked up to him on the sidewalk and stopped him. And he said, excuse me, sir, are you a, preacher and he said yes sir I am he reached in his pocket and took out a hundred dollar bill and stuck it in his hand and he said the Lord wanted me to tell you that he's going to take care of it all and he turned around and walked off Amen. now now, brother Mooney realized and you realize and I realized that a hundred dollars was not going to be a lot to finish what they were saying it wasn't about the hundred dollars what God was saying is I've got people everywhere you're trying to build a church in Indianapolis I've got somebody in New York that I can talk to and tell you it's going to be all right. I think we ought to clap our hands to the Lord. <laughs> I feel the spirit of the Lord kind of sweeping in this place in a different way. Amen. My wife and I, for the last number of years, have enjoyed sometimes just a means of escape. We just rent a cabin up in North Georgia somewhere at some undisclosed location, never, be, never to be revealed. And uh, <laughs> never, never, never to be revealed. And uh, we just kind of hide out. That's just kind of, a, that's just where we just kind of go there and unwind and just kind of recondition our minds and our heart and our spirit. And uh, I remember one day my wife was laying down during the afternoon and I just sat out, I was out on the porch and I got to thinking about our building program. Got to thinking about, you know, I'm not a builder. Uh, I'm not ignorant to the process, but I'm not a builder. But uh, I, I was sitting out there on the back porch and I, I just kind of got to crying and, and got to praying. And I was thinking, Lord, you know, if you just kind of lay on my heart, maybe some different ways. I have no idea why <laughs> this particular day, the siding, the exterior siding of the building was on my mind. I don't know. I I don't even want to dare invite you into this mind at all. <laughs> but uh, I was just kind of thinking about the exterior siding of the, of the projected new building. I was thinking, you know, if we didn't do this and if we did do this, it would be a lot less expensive and we could probably cut some corners here and cut some corners there. And if the Lord has ever spoke to me, he spoke to me sitting on that back porch and he said, what do you want? I started crying. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate you. I love you so much. And I just worship the Lord for just a moment. And in my own human and fleshly way, 
Believe it or not, I'm not proud to say this. I started thinking about all that again. But you know, if we did this, and we did that, and we did the other, and I'm telling you, if I ever felt God was frustrated with me in this process, it was this day that God spoke to my heart abruptly and said, what do you want? And I knelt down at that bench and I began to repent. I said, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not suggesting that we wouldn't and should not be frugal or smart. But the Bible says, delight yourself in the way of the Lord, the law of the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. God was trying to say, you need to stop figuring this out and tell me what you want. Because the promise of our future was that if you will do for others when it comes time, I will do for you. Are you okay with me today? Amen. Now, I know that I have got to hasten on. I promise you there are stories after stories after stories that I could share. And I really believe this. I think in the next few Sundays, I'm going to be preaching along this line. And so I may share some of these additionally with you. But I know that, that we can only endure so much. I feel that I must hasten to a final point, And I want to share something with you. <clears throat> I want to share something with you that happened this, this very week while I was at district conference. In order to make what happened this week at district conference make any sense at all, I've got to tell you what happened a year ago this week at district conference. A year ago this week, the board was in session and there was a couple that had met the board for licensing that day, and, and this, this lady had a disease. Just forgive me for not remembering the details of this. And so we felt led as, as the, the spirit of prayer just moved in. We were conducting business, but the spirit of prayer just moved in that, in that boardroom. And, and, and so we began to pray for this lady that God would touch her. And then uh, there was actually... A, one of the board members, district board members that sits to my right, that he was there with a great need in his body. And if I called his name, you would know him. But we, we laid hands on him again to pray for him. And I felt in the Holy Ghost, I felt the Lord had given me a message in tongues. Now I'm confessing here today and I want you to be gentle with me. And so as I felt that, I felt that I was just about, I just felt just powerful in the Holy Ghost. And in this moment of, in this moment of power and anointing, Satan himself whispered in my ear, who are you among all these men? And when, he, when that thought came to me, I completely shut down and I completely missed the will of God. In a moment, that spirit lifted and we went on. When, this, when that was over, I have a good friend, Brother James Varnum, was in the room. He sits to my left. And when, I, when the business was over, I went to Brother Varnum. I was crying. And I told Brother Varnum, I said, you know, I, I got to tell you what happened to me. And I said, I felt this was coming on. And he said, let me, let me, he started weeping. He said, let me tell you what happened to me. He said, I felt like God had already given me the interpretation. And he said, when I was 
when that was in my mind and spirit, and those of you who are using the gifts of the spirit understand what I'm talking about, he said a voice spoke to me and said, who are you in the midst of these men? And so we realized at that moment that the enemy had successfully worked through me and him to shut down what God was going to do. Brother Varnum, with tears streaming down his face, he said, I want, we were alone now in this room, and he said, I want us to join hands, and I want us to make covenant that we're never going to allow this to happen again. We're going to speak when we need yes. to speak. Yes. Amen. I'm telling you that that happened. I didn't, that, that happened. Amen. This week in our board meeting, this week in our board meeting, we were, we were meeting with Brother Ryan Crosley, who is a pastor in, uh, in Miami, Florida, and who is also the head of our Spanish ministry for the Florida district. And so he came in to give his report, and it was all just business as normal. We were just, we were just doing business. That was what we were doing. And as Brother Crosley was about to leave the room, Brother Williams, our district superintendent, said, Brother Crosley, before you leave, why don't you tell us something good that's going on in Miami? And with that, Brother Crosley sat down. And he sat down and he shared in his face. You'd have to know Brother Crosley. He's very tenderhearted. His face has become beet red. Brother Everett, you're shaking your head. You know you know him and know him well. His face just become beet red. And he began to talk about how their church is growing and they need a new building. They need to relocate. But he said, you know, we're in Miami. And I mean, Miami, the prices of everything is just astronomical. And he said, but God has brought... God has brought uh, uh, God has brought a situation to us, and and He said it's five acres of land, and there's a church building on it, and uh, it is it is the the amount of money is just staggering, but it would yet be a miracle to have that kind of acreage in a building in Miami. And so he said, I know the figures are staggering. I don't know how in the world we would ever get from here to there, but we feel like that if it is the will of God, that, that God will make that possible. And I'm telling you, when he said that, the spirit of prayer, <laughs> I need some good old Pentecostal folks to stay with me now. The spirit of prayer swept in that boardroom. And Brother Williams said, I think we need to pray right now. I think we need to pray right now. And the spirit of prayer began to sweep in that room. <laughs> Amen, and we began to pray and we begin to feel the presence of the Lord and a moment ago we were just kind of talking about business but now we're talking about the business of the kingdom amen spiritual business and the spirit of God began to move in that in that boardroom and I was sitting there and I felt that same presence come back on me again that was there a year ago I felt God had given me a message in tongues and you know what just as hell would have loved it that same old gnawing voice in my mind that said who are you in this in this room of these men but this time I was wise to his ways hallelujah this time hallelujah this time I was wise to his ways this time I smelt it before it happened and I thought, Lord, I need you to give me some courage and some Holy Ghost boldness now. Amen. And I don't, I don't, I don't, if you don't understand the gift of the Spirit, I'm just going to have to ask you to pardon me for just a moment while I talk about it. That while I begin to speak in tongues and give a message in tongues, God laid on my heart that James Barnum had the message, the interpretation of that tongue. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I don't even know how it happened. I don't even know how you dissect all of this, but while I was giving a message in tongues, another part of my brain was saying, God, give him the courage. God, give him the strength. Amen. All of a sudden, I heard Brother Barnum going, mm-hmm. Woo! I heard Brother Barnum say, Woo! Hallelujah. 
And when I stop, when I, when I, whenever I stop speaking in tongues, amen, Brother Varnum just rose up and he began to say, prove me, prove me, prove me, prove me herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, stay with me now, stay with me now. As he quoted from this passage of Malachi, he went on to say several other things that were pertinent to that situation. But while he was still speaking and giving the interpretation of that message, the Lord visited me again and the Lord told me, he said, when he is finished with this message, I've got another message for him and it is for you. Amen, I said, oh Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, by now, I done got a holy boldness on me. By now, I done got a holy courage and a holy confidence that are coming on me. Amen. So he finished, he finished, he finished interpreting that message and we just kind of went into a moment of hushed prayer and everybody was just kind of praying and I was just thinking, he's my friend, he's my friend and I've told him this already but I just kept thinking, oh Lord, don't let him drop it. Oh Lord, don't let him drop it. <laughs> don't let him drop it now, God. Encourage him and strengthen him and while we were there kind of in hushed prayer, I heard him start, mm. I heard him say, whoo, Woo! Woo! And I thought, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Amen. And he rose and said, I will pour out and visit my, pour out my spirit and visit the densely populated areas of this state. And I will pour out my spirit. And I will visit the sparsely populated areas of this state. And there I will pour out my spirit. I will walk up and down the paved roads. And I will pour out of my spirit. And I will walk up and down the gravel roads and I will pour out of my spirit. And then he began to cry, prove me, prove me, prove me, prove me. I'm gonna tell you somewhere along the line, I realized that God had opened heaven over my head. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God, folks, I hope you know by now me better than to think I'm just trying to work you into some silly frenzy. Amen, I'm trying to tell you what God has laid upon my heart. And so it is to that end this morning that I declare to you, I believe it is time for us to step into the promise of our future. Amen, I believe it is time for us to say it is now. Amen, and we will move now and we will act accordingly now and we will put our trust and our confidence in you. Would you Clap your hands to the Lord today. Praise God. You may be seated for just another few minutes, but we're going somewhere. I felt back at the end of last year, God started releasing his hold. And I, I felt God's permission start giving birth in my life and in our lives. I'm not here to elude or even suggest that I am the only voice in this church, but I do understand that we all agree that God has given us shepherds. Amen. I hear is what I further believe, that God would not just speak to me and not speak to the congregation. 
Amen. I believe there's an affirmation of what I'm talking about here today in this house. On January the 4th of this year, my wife and I served a meal at our home and invited the trustees of our church and their wives. We met at our home and I began to share with them a few of these things that I'm sharing with you this morning. Sitting at our dining table, sitting at our dining table, and to my knowledge, they're all here this morning. But sitting at our dining table, the spirit and the power of God began to hover in our dining hall. Amen, we laughed some and we cried some and we ultimately prayed together. We didn't just talk about the fun aspects, we talked about logistics of this endeavor. It just so happened and I had not intended at all that Sunday morning, just a few minutes before then, I had not at all intended, it wasn't a part of my notes, my thought, my outline, my anything, but it just so happened that morning that I made reference to some of our personal church history and how we got to where we are here today. I reflected about the many memories that we have today, pleasant memories, all because of the faith and the faithfulness of those that have gone on before us. As we were concluding our time of fellowship, and I'm not just trying to single one person out here today because there were everyone at the table made very, very positive affirmations toward this, but this was so cue with, with, uh, in, on cue with what I had been talking about that morning. I want to share this, this, this with you today. As we were concluding our time of fellowship together and everybody was walking out the door, so Brother Mike and Sister Donna left, walked out. There were just a few, we were just talking about a few things. I don't remember the details of that. And Sister Donna Tumman turned and looked at me and she said with a smile, I think we're about to make some memories of our own. Amen, I think we're about to make some memories of our own. I believe that she is correct in that assessment. Many of you know that Brother Jason Campbell certainly is a voice in my life and uh, God has used him so instrumentally and uh, in the last several years I've, I've said this to you on many occasions that a number of years ago I just felt like God just took Brother Campbell and I to a completely different dimension and I'm not trying to sound weird and goofy but I'm just telling you that it's the truth that when I've needed him the most God has given him the word that I needed at that moment Amen. God has used him in that way on many, many occasions. I did not want to broach this day, of course, and all of its importance. I've been just overwhelmed with things this week, been out of town uh, all week long, and, and I just haven't had the time. Brother Campbell wasn't able to come to our district conference due to other obligations, and I had intended to talk to him there. And so last night I tried to get a hold of him. I wanted to let him know what I felt like the Lord had laid on my heart to do today. And, and, um, and I couldn't get a hold of him last night, which is very odd, very odd. And so this morning, after my wife had already left to come to church, I was sitting in my computer, and I got a text message from him, and he said, hey, friend. And so I said, uh, I just typed to him real quick because I was wrapping up stuff to come to church. And I just typed to him very quickly in a text about where we were and what I wanted to share with the church today. And he said, he sent me back this text. He said, while you were texting me, <laughs> God gave me a scripture. You need to look this up and you need to read it today. And so if you'll help me, Sarah, I want you to put Exodus 33 and 13 
and 14. The Bible says, now this, friend, this word is still hot out of the oven. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. In verse number 14, and he said, my presence shall go with thee. I will give thee rest. Amen. God is saying, I'll make this trip with you. Amen. I wonder today, as a church, I wonder today how many will make this trip. How many will make this trip? Amen. Are we in this thing together and say, Lord, you know, the time is now. The time is now. And we're going to step into this. I want you to, I don't know how to handle this next part of the service. So just stay seated. I was going to stay, stay stand, but just stay seated. I know I've been tormenting you, probably some of you, especially the more, more curious of our congregation, which to my calculations is about 98.7%. I've been tormenting you with something here this morning on this easel. I've been wanting to share this with you, and I have two reasons for sharing this with you. I'm not just trying to give you a wow moment. I want these gentlemen to come help me now. But through your faithfulness and giving, all the while we've been in this holding pattern, while we've been hanging out, God has blessed you, and you have been blessing the church. And because of that today, amen, we are able to have this. Amen, we're able to have this. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Because you were faithful. Because you caught the vision. I want you to remain standing. Because you caught the vision. And you know what? Even when I get up Sunday after Sunday or, or uh, um, commitment Sunday after commitment Sunday, I say, come on now. Come on now. And there was no dirt moved. Come on now. Come on now. You just kept giving. And you just kept pushing. And God has helped us. God has helped us. This is not every penny we need by far. But I promise you that it's a great start. A great start. Now, I, I don't, I, I've, I've gotten with our ushering staff this morning. And I, here's, here, I told you that there's two reasons I wanted to do this. I want this to be way more than a pep rally. I don't want this to be a pep rally, rather. But I want you to see this because there's something about being able to see something with your own eyes and realize that we're not just talking about something in the sweet by and by, hopefully one day over the rainbow. But God has helped us to be able to generate this kind of revenue for our building fund alone. Now, bear in mind, that we have not ever hampered one missions program. We've never said no to one missionary. And we have missions money in our missions fund. And I think this would be a great time right now to insert this. That, that, that what we need to do in our future, what we need to do for ourselves is secondary to our missions program. Amen. If we got, if, if we got missionaries that need something and we need to buy doorknobs that week, we're going to take care of our missionaries. 
Amen. Because it is missions that has brought us where we are today. Amen. God said, if you'll amp up your giving in missions, I'll bless you. And he has held his end of the deal. That is one reason I wanted you to see this. I've gotten with our ushering staff today, this morning, and here's the second reason I wanted to do this. And I'm going to need your cooperation. They're going to need your cooperation. We're going to set this easel down, and we're going to set it right down here in the front. These men will go ahead and do that. And the reason for that is I want every family in this church that wants to, I want you to come by and we're going to pray. We're going to ask. We're going to lay hands. I don't know about you, but there have been times in our home we need to lay hands <laughs> and say, Lord, we need more than 100 pennies in this particular dollar. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, it sounded like I'm the only poor man in the house. There have been times that we've had situations that were looming larger than us. And we said, God, we need you to bless this. We need you to bless it beyond. He took a few pieces of fish and a few pieces of bread on more than one occasion, and he fed thousands with many, many baskets left over. And so today I'm not trying to confuse this process at all, although I know that logistically that there's no way around it a little bit. But our, our ushers are going to ask you to come down. I'm going to ask the ministers of the church. We're going to gather around behind this. Amen. I'm just kind of making this up as I go because I'm not really sure how to pull this off. But we're going to treat this. Our ushers are going to let each section. We're going to begin over here. Raise your hand if you're there. Yeah, over here on this side. We're going to begin on this side on the back row. And we're going to ask you to walk down this way and just come by the front. Amen. And then if you will, you just walk right down that aisle and go back to your seat. Amen. I want us to come by and we're going to pray a prayer of faith. I want you to touch this check. Amen. I want you to lay your hands on it. Amen. Then when you get back to your seat and we've all done that, we're going to pray the whole time we're marching here, but then we're going to pray together and we're going to thank the Lord for what he's done and then we're going to thank the Lord for what he's going to do in our future. Amen. Can we do that? Amen. Our ushers are, are, are coming. Amen. And we're just going to ask you if you want to do this, don't, don't, uh, don't manhandle anybody back there, but just... Uh, <laughs> if they want to come, I mean, if they understand, especially those understand what we're going to do here, I mean, I want us to come by, Sister Boyd, would you join me? Amen. We're going to just ask the Lord to touch us today and anoint us. Ask our ministers to come down here, the ministers of the church. Amen. Ask you to join us here. Amen. We're going to just stand around and ask you to come by. Amen. I know, I believe, I believe that God can help us. This is just a demonstration. It's a point of contact. Amen. Let's just go by and pray in Jesus' name today, Lord. Touch us today in, in the name of the Lord. Just touch it in Jesus' name. Touch us today. By faith, we need your help. By faith today, God, we need you to strengthen us and anoint us today. In the name of the Lord, let the power of the Holy Ghost be with us. Let the power of your word, God, today just stand with us. We know, God, that with you all things are possible. Without you, nothing is impossible. But I pray, Lord, as we just come by as a point of contact and we just lay our hands on God, what represents your gifts and your goodness. I know, Lord, that you can take us from where we stand today to where we need to ultimately be. I'm asking you, Lord, to let it be so in the name of Jesus. Let the authority of the Holy Ghost minister now. I'm asking you, God, to go before us I'm asking you, Lord, to help us as we launch this endeavor. 
God that it will not be lost to you. Amen. The, the, the efforts here will not be lost. We will not be batting the air. But oh God, we're just going to believe you, God. We're going to believe you, God, to just help us and help us to remain systematic in what we're doing. Help us, God, to remain systematic and organized, God. Lord, not as one that beateth the air. Not as one, God, that is beating the air. But oh, help us today that we will be mindful, Lord, and diligent. Mindful and diligent, God, of what you would have us to do in this hour. We need you, Lord, today more than we need our next breath. We need you, Lord, today. We need your strength. We need your authority. We need your power. We need your help today. Oh, Lord, let your anointing be with us today. Let your anointing be with us today. In Jesus' name, help us today, Lord. Help us today, Lord. Help us today, Lord. Let your hand be upon us. God, help us today and anoint, Lord, our efforts and strengthen us now. We know that you're able. We know, God, that you're able. We know, God, that you can and that you will. And our faith and our trust and our confidence is in you, Lord, now. God, please let your hand be upon this. Please, Lord, anoint us as we move forward, God. Help us to find favor where we need favor. Help us to find that favor, Lord, and help us to walk in the power of your might, in the strength and in the energy, Lord, of your spirit. We're going to march forward today in Jesus' name. We're going to march forward today in Jesus' name. I pray that you will be with us. Hallelujah. I pray that you will anoint us, God. I pray that your spirit will march with us as we march into our future. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. How we need you, Lord. 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 You've been good to us, Lord. You've been kind to us, Lord. You've been kind to us, Lord. You've been kind to us, Lord. It has not come overnight. It has not been easy, God, in some cases. But, Lord, in other ways, you have just made it possible. And so I ask you today, God, to just allow us to continue with one voice. With one voice, let us stand. With one voice, let us stand today in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let the power of the Holy Ghost, let the power of the Holy Ghost be with us. Let the power of the Holy Ghost be with us. <laughs> oh, Lord, oh, Lord, let the power of the Holy Ghost be with us. Let the power of the Holy Ghost be with us. Let the power of the Holy Ghost be with us today in Jesus' name. God, we bring ourselves as a point of contact here, God, for your goodness and for your glory, for your glory today. For your glory today, for your glory today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, let the authority of the Holy Ghost be with us. Let our voices, God, blend together. Hallelujah, Lord. Let our steps be in unison. Let our shoulders be together. Let our thoughts, hallelujah, let our thoughts be as one. Let our thoughts be as one here today, God. 
Lord, let our, let our motives be as one and help us to be unit, united, God. Help us to be united in our effort, Lord, that your spirit would go with us and march with us today triumphantly, triumphantly, Lord, into our future, we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. Can we pray together now, Lord? Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Lord, we need you in this hour. Oh, Lord, we need you in this hour. We need you to touch us. We need you to strengthen us, God. We need your anointing and your authority and your power. We need your favor. We need your favor now in Jesus' name. We need your favor today. We need your favor today. In Jesus' name, let the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost be with us. Walk with us. Help us today. Help us today. Help us today. Help us today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Oh, I love you, Jesus. 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 Speak, Lord, today. Speak, Lord, today. Speak, Lord, today. In our midst, we need you today. Let the authority of the Holy Ghost, let the authority of the Holy Ghost move, move us, God, closer to your divine purpose, closer to the center of your will than we have ever been. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. What a great God. Can we clap our hands together to the Lord? What a great God. Please understand that I'm not foolhardy enough to think that this is all it takes. The Bible says with dreams cometh much business. And so there's much business to be taken care of. And I would just ask you this, please, whatever you do, I don't want this to be my building program. I want this to be our building program. Furthermore, furthermore, I am just telling you that this is the beginning, the beginning don't be discouraged when you drive up next Sunday and don't see heavy equipment and dirt being moved. <laughs> okay, we just, we just have to start somewhere. And so we're just beginning. And uh, I'm thankful for the confidence and the faithfulness of this congregation. And uh, we're just praying that God will give us the wisdom that we need to take the next steps and the timing of those next steps. But I believe that we, it is time... I feel in my heart a pressing, a pressing that we must step forward into the next step, whatever that next step may be. Does that make sense to everybody? And that is exactly how I've shared it with everyone. Amen. I want the Lord to give us wisdom. I want the Lord to give us guidance and direction. We desperately need that today. Amen. And so I ask us this morning, would we just pray one more time that God would help us? I, I, 
here's my concern. Here's, here's my passion. While, while it, from time to time, growth and different things necessitate building or remodeling or whatever, it is a lot easier to build a building than it is to build a church. And so my burden is to build a church. And so I don't want something else to take center stage and us lose sight of what we need. We need to build a church and not just construct a building, and even though the growth necessitates that from time to time. And so I would pray that God would help us and strengthen us to that end. Amen. I, I feel the Lord. Amen. In this place, and I ask you to help us. I've just shared a little bit with you today what God has laid on my heart. If God will help me in the, in the, in the next couple of Sundays or so, I just want to share a few more things as we march forward. Is that all right? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you this morning. I thank you so much. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the kindness and the gifts that you bestow upon us. And I'm asking you, Lord, to take us from this moment today. Give all of us the wisdom that we need. This is not just me. This is not just one person or a handful of people. But, God, this is what we need today from you is our, our spirit and our steps to be led of you today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and for your attention today. I know I have taken a long time, but I just wanted to share with you the journey, amen, for the promise of our future, amen, for the promise of our future. God bless you. Would you greet our guests today and pray for this, this afternoon for our outreach ministries that will be going forth that God will touch them and encourage them and strengthen them in the name of the Lord. Praise God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.